Ari Rosal here with episode number 286 uh, of that 401k podcast. This week's topic, um, the duties must change for 401k plan sponsors. But of course, first things first, go to that 401ksite.com for further information on all our live events. Yes, we will be live May the 3rd, Arlington, Texas, June the 7th. Um, I think it's June the 7th. Uh, doing my math in my head. Yeah, it's June the 7th. Uh, Yankee Stadium, Bronx, New York. Um, go to that 4ksite.com for further information on all our events. And we have people signing up, which is great. I had an advisory team of six advisors joining Texas. Just had a, a three-person advisory group um, join Yankee Stadium. And if you have an advisory firm uh, and you want to bring multiple advisors, just you know, give a shout-out to me. We can always try to... Do a little bit better than the $100 per head. We really want to draw attendance. We draw attendance. It makes our plan provider sponsors happy and um, makes it a lot easier to sell future events. And, you know, for like I said uh, to my son, who's my big uh, scheduler, I'm really looking to do two events a year, probably two to three. Um, still open to maybe doing one in September. We'll see. But, you know, in terms of 2025, right off the bat, I think we're going to do um, Anaheim and Washington DC off the top of my head, but that's always conditioned on, uh, you know, the rental price. Um, to me, that's the rental price. Uh, Yankee Stadium will be the highest rental price that we've ever paid for, uh, an event, uh, which is, you know, it surpasses our most expensive venue, which was surprisingly Tropicana Field in, um, St. Petersburg, Florida, actually. It was more expensive than Wrigley, more expensive than City Field and Dodger Stadium. And again, it's got to be cost-effective. We, you know, I, I tried San Francisco. I tried multiple locations in San Francisco, including the stadium in Santa Clara for the 49ers, and the, the numbers just didn't work out. You know, you can't pay a $15,000 rental, uh, you know, before you factor in food and, and you know, tickets and all that kind of stuff. So, uh Go to that 4 Dave Valley is going to be our guest at uh, Arlington. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I remember him as Seattle Mariner, but apparently towards the end of his career, he did play for the Rangers, and he is a Rangers broadcaster. And according to Larry, he uh, he might be doing some Yankee games for yes. We'll see what happens. Um, in terms of the guest for Yankee Stadium, we're working on it. It's usually the usual suspects, people that we can afford. And, uh, you know, my son will ask, well, why can't we have Derek Jeter? I don't got a quarter million dollars to get Derek Jeter to show up for anything. Uh, some people are more than others. Uh, you know, Henrik Lundqvist from the Rangers, who wasn't even my favorite Ranger goaltender. I mean, he probably wants like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to show up. I think Julian Edelman, when we did uh, Foxborough, was like, I think the guy wanted, you know, I don't even think we... We even looked at him, but you know, but he's like easily was like a twenty-five, thirty thousand dollar guy. We can't afford that. We're more, uh, we're more budget than that. Uh, but anyway, let's go to um, the topic at hand, and um, the duties must change for one K plant sponsors. And you know, when you're writing articles once a week for the last thirteen years, you realize you may be running out of topics. How many the different angles in terms of writing? How many times can we write, you know, the same story, the same hook? And uh, you know, a lot of times I'll, you know, 
I, I have recycled stories over the years. I mean, when you, you get something from 2010, it could use a fresh update. 2010, that article might have been drafted before, well, that article was drafted before pre disclosure uh, regulations. And uh, we can repurpose some of the old content. Um, sometimes in the past, I've taken a, a blog post that I've written many, many years ago and uh, broadened it out and fleshed out an entire article just based on one concept of the blog post. So it's like a piece of music sometimes. Um, uh, Billy Joel's new song, which is constantly in my head right now, turn, the, turn, the, turn back the lights on, was based on some you know small little piece of music that he was working on, Billy, and uh, he gave it to this guy, his last name I think is Wexler, and Wexler, from that kind of music, uh, piece of music that he got on a CD, was able to uh, write lyrics to the, the song. And uh, it's funny, this article, The Duties Must Change, comes from uh, right before the Billy Joel song took over my head, um, The Who was taken over my head. Won't Get Fooled Again is one of my favorite songs. Bob O'Reilly's another great song. I'm a huge fan of Tommy. Uh, huge fan of Tommy because it was on Broadway as a musical, um, and it's coming back for the 30th anniversary of the original run, and hopefully I'll get tickets for that. And um, one of the songs that you know, I've been listening to, The Who, is The Music Which Must Change, which apparently was off the, uh, is it the Who's Next, The Who Are You album, it was Keith Moon's last album, and according to Roger Daltrey, they will no longer play that song. Uh, it was one of Keith's last songs with the band before he died, and he couldn't play it. According to Roger, he couldn't get that, that play on that, that song. And uh, he also said that uh, they didn't play it for quite some time, and for the 2002 tour, they were going to add it back, and then John Entwistle died, their bass player. So he will never play that song ever again. Uh, but that's where I got the title from, you know, the, the, the cycle, you know, the, the music must change. And then I'm like the cycle, I've, I wrote an article, you know, about my son's high school graduation and how I had a terrible time at my graduation. It got ruined by my parents who all they cared about were my grades. And, um, when my son graduated, I made a point to go all out for him, you know, have him meet his, uh, idol, Gary Cohen in the booth, have him at a Mets game at the Hyundai Club, which you know a couple people in the audience know how great the Hyundai Club is, um, and um, got his name on the scoreboard. And the idea was the cycle must change. You got to break that cycle. And speaking of cycles, um, you know when I started my practice about 13 years ago, um, I couldn't stand how the law firms I was working at how they operated. Uh, the mid-sized law firms. I thought that they were the worst-run businesses out there. And the reason why I think that rather than, let's say, a large firm is mid-sized firms don't have the clientele in order to support the infrastructure or the bureaucracy that a, a mid-sized law firm has. You know, a solo practitioner, you work out of your house or, or have a small office. I work out of the house. And the mid-sized law firm thinks that they're like a large law firm. They're such, you know, in their minds are as prestigious, and they're not. But they have that same overhead, the fancy offices, the four people in billing and all that stuff. And I I like the flat fee billing of being a TPA attorney. Uh, 
you know, I don't need to tell them, you know, how quick I can do a plain document now. I probably could do it in my sleep. Um, but I'll charge them the same rate I've charged them the last 25 years. It's easier to write a plain document now than it was 25 years ago. So I don't pass down savings. I just don't increase my prices. Uh, you know, and then the problem with these mid-sized law firms is that they're, you know, they're, they're poorly run. The same, uh, same people that were, you know, running it poorly are still in charge. They don't have the, um, I, I, I like the Hebrew term of it, seichel, seichel, which is like common sense. They don't have the, like, uh, the wisdom. Seichel is like wisdom. They don't have the wisdom to step aside voluntarily. Like goes my Hebrew. Uh, my Hebrew is as rusty as, uh, as an old nail, but sometimes I like to throw it out there. And you know the same could be say, said. Say the same could be said about 401k plan sponsors. They run a poor plan, and uh, they will continue to run a poor plan unless they break out of it. And it's the same thing with my son. You know, it's like you. I wouldn't say that I had necessarily trauma when I was younger, but dealing with parents who their life depended on the grades that I had. It was a it was a big to do to boast how well your kids are doing, and I think that's a lot of insecurity. And I was never going to be like that. I had to break that cycle. I could enjoy the moment. Yeah, my son, you know, whatever he does doesn't reflect on what I do. You know, if he doesn't become an attorney, doesn't make me look like a failure. Doesn't make him look like a failure. Everybody, you know, has to go their way, uh, and just because they don't, you know, reach a certain level of education doesn't make them a failure. I mean, a lot of people that go into these uh, trades, like electricians, and plumbers, and whatnot, and maybe they don't have the BA or the JD degrees or the masters, but heck, they, they're making more money than a lot of these people with these college degrees and, and whatnot. And so there's, you can't put people down like that. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, the uh, the cycles, the cycles for plan sponsors, uh, you know, they have to change. And, uh, you know, what plan sponsors need to do, they need to break that cycle. And the cycle at first has got to change about because of the duty. You know, um, you can't change unless you learn from your mistakes. And it's hard to change. Uh, I've tried to do it. And a lot of, most of the time I, I, I do it, but a lot of times I fall back into some of my bad habits. Um, I think one of my bad habits is being passive-aggressive with people. Uh, go, 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 trying to be nice and all that, and then sometimes it's just, you can't be nice. You can't be afford to be nice. I, right now i got a little thing with my uh, next-door neighbor, which is going to turn out very, very badly for them. Um, and, uh, you know, you make, you know, organizations, unlike people, don't learn as because uh, you're usually poorly run organizations uh, consistently uh, are poorly run because the people in charge of a small organization don't have the seichel or wisdom to step aside. Um, I, I walked away from being a vice president of a synagogue where I contributed a lot of money, ran events, and the reason I did that was it was based on the Bill Parcells argument in the sense that if you want me to cook the food, I should 
have a say in how the groceries are bought. And here I was as a vice president with no pull. Uh, instead, we had this group of five, which included the president and some other former presidents. And these were the same folks that took the synagogue down from 750 families to down to 300. Uh, plant sponsors are kind of the same way. They can't exit stage right. They're the folks in charge. You know, you got the owner of the company is still the owner of the company. Um, they don't really step aside. Large corporations, people do step aside. People do get pushed out. Uh, closely run business, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, plan fiduciaries have a higher duty of care. They have skin in the game. Uh, you know, mistakes they make uh, or the neglect they show, you know, really are a problem because, you know, you're violent, you know, potential personal liability. Uh, that might be involved in running a plan. That's that's a problem. Uh, the structure has got to change. Uh, I will always say that, you know, going back to the high school days, I had a very hard time of going from a private Hebrew day school to a public high school, a class of 42 to a class of 660. Being immature at age 14 didn't help. You know, you don't, I don't think I, I don't think I became mature until I was, you know, until my 30s. Um, I went from a very, very protective place uh, where people, teachers really looked out for you and you move and transition to high school and the teachers don't care. Uh, and that really was a problem. And, um, you know, I needed a structure to succeed and, and in middle high school, wasn't it? Um, I, I changed the course, you know, at Stony Brook um, where I had the freedom. Uh, and, you know, after going through the failure of high school, I, I succeeded in, in college. But, th you know, you need a structure to succeed, and the same really goes for running a 401k plan. Too many plan sponsors, the only structure is the HR director and or the owner. And to me, a 401k plan needs a committee that actually holds meetings, takes minutes, and you know keeps really good records. And that also involves working with a financial advisor who knows what the heck they're doing. And you know, a, a plan uh, sponsor working with a fiduciary who, who knows how to manage the fiduciary process goes a long way to um, limiting a plan sponsor's liability. Uh, they're important, you know, hire these advisors because they're a building block of a, you know, a prudent fiduciary process. A good financial advisor is going to sit down with the client, sit down with the plan sponsor, review investments, replace investments based on IPS, provide education, and we do that within a committee setting. And the problem with committees is, uh, you know, I, I, I told the story, uh, I was a Stony Brook Statesman alumni at, at, at Stony Brook. Um, I was the managing editor. I wanted to be involved in the alumni organization. Uh, I wasn't a journalist, so I wasn't going to be, you know, chief muckety-muck over there. That, that's fine. I, I had my buddy Dave for that. Uh, but I wanted to be part of the committee. I wanted to get back because I didn't do anything with my alumni association, which I kind of, kind of regret. So I was trying to help with the Statesman Alumni Association. And we had one meeting on fundraising, and they put me on the committee because, listen, I used to raise funds for, for, for the for Cocteau Synagogue. And uh, as it turned out, we had one meeting, and that was it. And my suggestion was, let's sell merchandise with the Statesman logo. We'll make a couple of shekels here and there. I'd, I'd buy one. And, of course, we have two journalists on the committee, and they're asking me uh, that it could involve an unrelated business income tax issue. And being a tax attorney, having worked on unrelated business tax issues, I assured them that it was not unrelated business tax, and of course they 
knew best. I always like when non-attorneys try to be attorneys and disagree with an attorney, and that was that. So the problem with committees are not having meetings, or um, you know, which is a problem because if you have a structure in place and you don't follow the structure, that's a breach of fiduciary duty. Um, and of course, having too few members or having too many members are, are just a problem. Uh, as Goldilocks would say, it's got to be just right. And uh, you know, in, in addition with the, with with the structure, you have an IPS, you got to follow the IPS. Uh, not following the IPS is worse than not having one. Um, that's how I see it. And, you know, reviewing plan providers has to change. Um, you have a TPA, you got to review what the heck they're doing. Uh, mitigating uh, the chances of errors. Um, to do that, you can have the TPA reviewed. It's really important to review the financial advisor and make sure that doing the job is contracted. I don't like surprises, and too many plan providers are surprised about the competence of the plan provider when there's a government audit or when the plan provider is replaced by another. Um, when the TPA gets changed, a lot of times that's where we find where the bodies are buried, and that's a problem. So that's why I hate surprises. The cost of fixing errors are cheaper when it's first created uh, rather than two or three years down the line. Yet, yet you, uh, you uh, have a testing failure. You could refund the HCs. You miss out and don't discover the error until two or three years later. You're limited to the QNEC. Reviewing fees has to change. Too many plan sponsors don't understand the whole point of reasonableness. Uh, fees have to be reasonable for the service provided. Uh, they don't have to be the cheapest. Um, they want to pay for a higher level of service, like a 316 or uh, bells and whistles on the website and uh, investment advice and all that kind of stuff. All the bells and whistles, it's going to cost more than a no-frills provider. Um, a TPA with an interactive website and an ERISA 316 administration service will charge more than one that offers a no-frill service. So a plan sponsor doesn't have to pick the cheapest provider. Most plan sponsors never bother with reviewing their fees, and that's an absolute mistake since paying too much will be considered a breach of fiduciary duty. Plan sponsors really need to benchmark their fees. I mean, listen, I think the, the 401k averages book is 95 bucks or something like that. That's an inexpensive way to figure out if plan sponsors are paying too much, um, you know, obviously, if you're going to do benchmarking of any kind, it's got to be apples to apples, not apples to oranges. Um, you know, if you're comparing providers and one offer, you know, the competing provider is offering less of the service, well, they should be charging a lot less. And, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the facts. And I don't think that plan sponsors, especially on the small to medium size, have to go out for, an, you know, an RFP, uh, they could really do it on their own, work with an ERISA attorney, cough, cough, uh, that, that sort of stuff, and help in that whole situation dealing with fees. Now, they all, the enrollment education meeting has to change. Uh, with 404C, again, I've always talked about the misnomer that uh, plan sponsors think that it's just because they give participants the right to direct their investments that they're uh, free and clear. It doesn't really work that way. It's time uh, to understand that the enrollment education meeting is a great way to mitigate liability. 404C says that you got to give participants enough information for them to make informed investment decisions. That's why you got to focus on the enrollment education meeting. Um, you know, uh, it's time really to engage participants. You do a great, great job of that. You can prove, prove, uh, 
increase the deferral rate, um, increase uh, the possibility of a good retirement outcome, and uh, not have these meetings that you know go on like funerals. You work with a good advisor who knows how to do that investment education piece and, and make it lively and interesting. That goes a long way. And it's important that plan sponsors have these uh, meetings. I know plan sponsors want to delay, 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 but these meetings are necessary. Last but not least, record retention has to change. Too often I'll deal with plan sponsors that are missing plan documents. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, those, you know, the IRS says, you know, if you don't have that actuary statement, you missed it, you lost it. Uh, we treat it as if you'd never had it, which is a problem. Um, you know, plain documents need to be timely amended, amended uh, and restated. Uh, failure to have the required documents and amendments uh, threatens the qualification of the plan. It always leads to plan disqualification and all that other stuff. Uh, a retirement plan is like a jigsaw puzzle, and uh, plan sponsor really needs all the pieces, and all the pieces will include the plan document and plan records. There's nothing worse than uh, missing evaluation to show records to show someone got paid out, and they show up later and they insist because Social Security says that there's a benefit due to them that somehow you're 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 stealing their their uh, assets. Um, so it's important. That, uh, you know, in addition to not only having records, but also giving out the necessary notices, both to current and former employees, so that uh, everybody's uh, advised. And, you know, we always want to push out former employees out of the plan, but we can't. So it's important uh, that we have good records and, and give out good notices and whatnot. And that's, again, another focus of where the plan sponsor has to change. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of that 4K podcast. We'll be back next week for another uh, episode, another fun-filled episode. And, of course, go to that 4 site.com for further information on all our live events. Thank you.